Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at the Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. Before I jump into the word or anything, I've got another word the scripture spoke to me. Watch what David said in Psalms 18, verse 1. Before I do that, how many appreciates Jonah for all that he's doing for us? Amen. Our worship team, amen. Thank God that we are so blessed with wonderful worship. Watch what David said. He said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Is God anybody's deliverer this morning? He said, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Father, we thank you that we have a rock, that we the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous can run into it and are safe. God, I thank you for safety in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you're our shield. Man. God, I thank you, God, Lord, that you gave us word that we could take up the shield of faith and we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. God, we are in a battle, we're in a struggle, but we're in a war that has already been one. You're the author and the finisher of our faith and in you and you alone we put our trust. Could we give the Lord a big hand clap of praise this morning? Amen. God is so so good. Amen. I, I shared with the pastor, matter of fact, uh, Pastor Matt uh, in our prayer time in the office shared a scripture that will be in uh, my notes and then Pastor DJ actually quoted a verse and I shared what I'm, I have not got what I'm about to preach to you perfected. I promise you that. And if anybody needs this message this morning, Pastor Whalen needs this message, but I, I'm so thankful that God's grace and goodness is that he doesn't wait until you get something perfected in your life that he'll begin to speak to you on it. I believe this will be a life-changing message. I believe you'll leave this place knowing a little bit more about God than you've ever known about him before. Uh, we sung early this morning or just right before we stepped up, make room for God. His way is that we declared that if you sung that, I want you, amen, to believe that as I'm preaching this morning, I want you to start making room for God. And you're like, oh my goodness, what is he about to preach? Uh, I'm not setting you up for anything but blessings of God. Amen. But I want you to start making room in your heart and your mind for this message. Listen to me, God's, we sung it, we declared it. I heard you behind me singing it, amen. God's way is better. Do you believe that this morning? God's way is better. And I do. I trust that you're going to know him better. Amen. And so we, we welcome you this morning. If you're new to us, amen. Uh, I just, I, I'm excited. I, can you tell it this morning that I am totally excited about the word of God? I do want to say one more thing, and then I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, next week, I know Pastor Gretchen mentioned it, but we will be having our first fruits offering. That's February the 5th, next Sunday. And this is just something that we're doing as a church. We we did it last year and we seen testimony after testimony. Matter of fact, in Pastor Greg's office this morning, uh, one gentleman, one of the pastors just said, hey, I'm going to make a co commitment. He, he began to pray. He set a dollar amount. And that day or the very next day, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he received personally, somebody felt to personally bless him three Three times more than what he, he, he said, I'm not even giving it yet. Amen. That's the blessings of God. David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And if you get many texts from me, and I usually do those three exclamation points. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I mean it. Uh, but... I always say this, I don't want it just to follow you. I pray that it will overtake you and overwhelm you. Amen. The blessings of God. Amen. And, and after today's preaching, we're going to uh, give uh, uh, bless you. And, and God showed me that literally you're placing a target on every individual's back for the blessings of God to just overtake them when we do this blessing. Amen. Are you ready for this morning's word? Amen. 
Amen. Just a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Spencer preached a message, shared it here locally with us uh, called Walk It Out. And that message really began to stir a thought uh, up in my spirit. I'd been mulling over it. I've been kind of on a journey, and I'm in a process of what I'm about to share. And that's where I do want to say this in the upfront. I don't want you to feel any shame, any guilt. I want you to understand that we're all in a process. And you may get there faster than I do. Uh, Matter of fact, my wife is there already where I would love to be. And even this morning, getting ready and trying to get here, I mean, she's trying to remind me and I said hey don't you use my message title against me uh, you know we, we us preachers love to preach but I, I mean I always tell, especially when you do family I'm a family pastor you do a family message you tell them hey this is not for you to elbow your husband or your wife and say you see there you need to do it. it's just good information but he shared that message and it just began to stir a thought within me while he was preaching. I really listened to everything, but I couldn't help but that my spirit just leaped in me, kind of like, uh, 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 yeah, John the Baptist in uh, Elizabeth's womb when Mary sent the greeting. And uh, we, we were blessed to be in a meeting Monday after that. And I said, hey, if you don't mind, I'd like to tag onto that, not adding anything to it. But it just stirred something in me. And I had this t- message title, but it just wasn't right. And so I just began to pray, and God really began to stir this in me. I'm going to start with a question this morning. Are you tired? Are you running on empty? Possibly feeling burned out or exhausted by the way life seems to have gotten you on what we call the rat wheel. You're running, you're running and running and running, but you seem to be getting nowhere anytime quickly. You keep looking for it to slow down or for an opportunity to jump off and try a slower pace of life, but those opportunities just seem to keep eluding you. That's a sobering thought. That's a sobering question. If that's how you feel this morning, I want to talk to you this morning about a message called Overcoming Hurriedness. Lately, every message that God's been giving me has been on the overcoming life. I preached some months ago in October about the overcoming life. thought it was just going to be a message, but ever since that message, God is just stirring. I've got notes everywhere in my office, on my phone, in in a Bible here, on a, a book there, just pouring. And God is just, I believe God really wants His children to live and overcoming life. No matter what it is, whatever your battle is versus whatever my battle is, God's desire, God's plan. He said, I know the plans that I have. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. They are good thoughts and to bring you prosperity and to give you an expected end. And I believe that end is victory. I believe God never designed you to be the victim, but God designed you to be the victor. Hello, somebody. Amen. The Bible said we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. But again, that message just stirred up in me so violently that Sunday morning, and I've just been on a a, a trail of God's overwhelming goodness and believing that God is going to do things this year. I think we're declaring that this is the year of fulfillment. I believe you're going to experience in that fulfillment some of the greatest victories, things that you've battled for years, things that have just seemed to keep creeping up. You may get victory over it for maybe a month or two, or here and there, but then all of a sudden it overwhelms you, it overtakes you, and and you fall. I believe this year is your year to live and to walk in victory. Amen. But we're going to talk about overcoming hurriedness. And if I can, I want to probe just, just a little deeper. I mean, sometimes when they find something on the outside, the doctor may say, hey, we need to look a little closer. There may be something. And if I can, I do. I just want to probe just, do you ever feel, this is what the Holy Spirit in my study yesterday, just in my prayer room and just listening to God, do you ever feel that the American or Western culture's version 
of Christianity isn't fully getting it right. Or maybe you've asked yourself lately, is my version of Christianity really working for me? You see, there's your version, the world's version, and then there's the King James version. Kidding, kidding, there's God's version. There's your version, the world's version. I mean, we just said your way is better, and then there's God's version of living. Watch this verse right here in first, uh, or Proverbs 14, 12, and 16, 25. There is a way. There is a way. There is a version of life that seems right to man. But its end is the way of death. Others would interpret that destruction. There is a way. There is the world's way of hurriedness and rustling and speed and moving and doing and pursuing and achieving and overcoming. But then there's God's way of overcoming. If you ask the world, they'll tell you, you're okay. You're doing pretty, and I'm, I hope this is not disrespectful. I don't think it is. You're doing pretty doggone good if you ask me. Don't sweat it so much. There's multiple ways, and your way is just as good as anybody else's. Anybody hearing that? Maybe if you ask yourself, you'll often hear much of the same chatter. But on the inside, you know you're feeling there's some emptiness there. I'm serving God. I'm going to church. I, I'm, I've already committed to giving the first fruits offering, but there's just something that I'm missing. There's a missing part of Jesus and the life of Jesus that I believe we're missing in our hurriedness, in our fast-paced culture. If you ask God or the scriptures, let me, let, let me back up, let me read this. Watch this. Many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we're doing the Christian thing, but we're feeling as tired and empty as some of our non-believer friends or as hollow as many of our co-workers. Let me ask you, why is that? Could it be that we're missing a crucial element of Christ's life in ours? Are we running at an unsustainable pace to try to keep up with the world's view of success and we're missing the kingdom of God? If you ask God or the scriptures, you'll get a totally different answer from that of the world or even yourself. You will see ordinary people battling extreme difficulties and circumstances, but all the while experiencing, watch this, overwhelming joy of the Lord. And you're like, what ingredient did I miss? I mean, a good cake has to have every ingredient. Sometimes just one missing ingredient. The, the cake doesn't rise. It doesn't, it doesn't taste. It doesn't feel the same. It, it's repulsive rather than attracting. There's a missing ingredient. Christ himself endured such hardships during his 33 and a half years of life. You read the story of Jesus. Nothing really seemed to be going his way. I mean, he's a baby and has done nothing, and a man is out to destroy him, to kill him, to, to annihilate him. And he comes preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. And men and women ridiculed and hated him and scorned him. He was bruised. He was beaten. He was rejected. He was despised of men. But watch this. But yet he experienced a peace and joy 
not of this world, which led to such great contentment that you and I are longing for. That's what we're really longing for, is contentment. It's fulfillment. This is the year of fulfillment. This is the year that you're going to overcome, that I'm going to overcome this hurried spirit that is bombarding the church. We don't have time for you or your needs. This leads me to one of my texts in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Watch this. Wherefore, I'm reading the King James Version in this. That's what I cut my teeth on growing up. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I'd like to revisit some scriptures during that message, The Overcoming Life. You'll find them in Isaiah chapter 26, verses 3 through 4, and then 12 and 13. They'll have them on the screen. Some of my favorite verses. You will keep him, and if you don't mind me adding her, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So you got to ask yourself, who will God keep in perfect peace? The person whose mind is stayed upon him. David said, I will fix my gaze upon you. Some trust in horses and others in chariots, but I trust in the name of the Lord. When my heart is overwhelmed within me, I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. The person who keeps his mind will experience the overflow of God's peace. The overwhelming Philippians 4, 6 through 9 calls it the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. What causes your mind to drift or to be upon him? Because again, if that's what causes the peace to come, what will grip your mind to cause it to be set on the Lord? David answered that. He said, I will trust in him. Your trust, your faith in him causes your mind to be upon him. And because your mind is upon him, so you can what say this, that your faith in God is linked to the amount of peace of God that you will experience. Great faith in God, you will experience the great peace of God. Little faith in God, you will experience little amount. It's when the disciples are in the boat. Now, you got to understand, the disciples have already seen him turn water to, uh, 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 water to wine and, and, and cause bread to multiply. Pastor Gretchen prayed it. They've already seen great and mighty, but they're in a boat. There's a storm arising, amen, and it's overwhelming. The Bible said that the wind and the waves are beating against them, and they're overtaking the boat. They are overwhelmed. They're about to go down, and they wake him up, and just like some of you will ask, do you not care that we're perishing? And Jesus woke up, and he said, where is your faith? Others said, you can read it in all different Gospels, why is it that you have such little faith? Another writer said, have faith in God. Literally translated, have the kind of faith that God has. When you have faith in God, you will experience the peace of God. That's why Jesus had faith in God and he could be asleep on a boat that's going under with wind. Same boat, same wind, same wave, same destruction, same overwhelmingness, if that's a word. But he's asleep in the boat. 
your peace that you're going to experience will be linked in your ability to trust God, to have faith in God. Your faith draws the peace of God. When you offer up faith as an offering to God, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, it will guard and keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He late further says, watch this, verse 4, Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah the Lord is everlasting strength. Verse 12 and 13. Lord, you will establish peace for us. For you have also done all our works in us. O Lord our God, masters besides you have had dominion. And that's, that's that. when I prayed that, I think I prayed it uh, during a... Uh, chapel service they had asked me to do a transition and and I was going to just read three and four but the Holy Spirit said keep reading and when I saw that I began to just go in 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 really a vision of just knowing that God wants people to live an overcoming life but we've had masters over us and I'm going to tell you hurry is a master it's a slave master and the Bible says that you are servants to whom you yield your members to obey. Now, even as early as last night, I get this message all day yesterday. I'm ruminating in the Word of God. But immediately I woke up this morning and hurry tried to master me once again. It's not a once and done decision. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 24 through 34. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. I read it in multiple versions yesterday, just loving this word. But watch this, New Living Translation, verse 24. No one, that means none is excluded this morning. No one can serve two masters. Now again, we're dealing with overcoming hurriedness. Or hurry. And you have to ask yourself, if Jesus said no one can serve two masters, am I serving God or am I serving hurry? Has hurry become my Lord? I read to you Psalms 18. David said the Lord is my strength and he's my strong time. Has hurry become your strength? Has hurry become your provider? Has hurry become your protector? Have you set hurry up in your heart as Lord and to have kingdom domain over your thoughts? No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted. I mean, I'm just seeing some of this even right now. And I spent all day yesterday. Devoted to hurry. Loving. See, I, I, I may get ahead and I'll probably say this again, but in our culture, I'm, I'm, this is what God's want. God is wanting to set up a new kingdom. There is a kingdom of darkness and there is a kingdom of light. And our culture is dictated by the kingdom of darkness. And we actually celebrate busyness. Come on now, you, especially us guys, you know, hey man, what do you do for a living? Or, or, or no, we'll just say this. Hey, how's your day going? Man, I'm just busy. And you're like, oh, you must be really important. I mean, you're really, because if you're busy, you, you're just, man, you're needed, you're wanted, you're desired. You're, we, we elevate it, we promote it, we, we put it up on a pedestal like some idol that, that King Nebuchadnezzar would build and say, if you don't bow to the idol of busyness, you're not in the culture. You're out of sync, you're out of pace with life. We value busyness. We extol it. We look at it. Man, you are, you, you, you're just very important. We're feeding egos. We're feeding idol worship. What's the first letter in idol? Come on, somebody help me. Yeah, we're, we're worshiping. Ah, oh, just worship me because I'm 
I'm busy. I'm needed. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And you'll find I can literally put hurry here. You cannot be enslaved to hurry. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. This is why I'm preaching to you, Jesus is saying. Because you're enslaved. You have become a servant to the master of hurry and money and worry. And I no longer can be your master. Jesus is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He said, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more, isn't life more than, isn't life more than just hurrying and and making an extra dollar to pay up an extra payment to, to buy the bigger house, the bigger, faster car, to fly the, the better plane? Isn't life more than this? Isn't, your body more than clothing? Verse 26, look at the bird. He's like, just look around you. Remember David said, nature declares the wonderful works of God. Look, I mean like Jesus is saying literally, slow down. Look at the birds. I'm going to tell you, I, I could not be no bird watcher. Any bird watchers in come. I mean, they love it. But I can't sit, I can sit in a tree for hours and wait for a deer to walk by, but I cannot sit in some crown blind just hoping some bird that I've not seen. But literally, this is what Jesus is saying. Sit down, take a perch. Listen, now I will tell you, I love to wake up in the morning and go on my porch when the weather's good. And I love to hear the birds, man, they're just chammering and hammering away and the woodpeckers way back behind the house and just different things like that. There's nothing. Jesus is literally saying, in life, sometimes you just need to slow down the hurried pace of life and just watch nature. Look at the birds. Don't shoot them. Look at them. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your, not their heavenly father, for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? We probably won't get through all my notes and it'll be okay. Because I think I need to slow down. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No, in all actually, they're robbing moments. I'm too, I'm too rushed to see that first crawl. I've got to build a kingdom and I'm missing my children. And don't we look back and even the us that have spent many hours, we will still look back and say, where have the years gone? But hurriedness is robbing us of moments that God wants to spend. David was a shepherd boy. Shepherds, it wasn't a hurried lifestyle. You, walk, you don't drive sheep. You lead them. The Lord is my shepherd. Remember your faith in God equals the peace of God. Watch this. The Lord is my, my faith is in the Lord. He is my shepherd. I'm going to have peace because he is going to provide for me. He makes me. He literally, this is a message. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to sit down, lay down. Matter of fact, we just said make room for him. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. See, there's little things. I didn't even have that. It's not notes. 
Little, small, hidden mysteries. That I love what Pastor Greg says. A mystery isn't a mystery to keep it from you. It's to be discovered. Little, small, gold nuggets on the trail of getting into the kingdom of God. He's saying, lie down. Be, be still and know that I am the Lord. Not run faster or hurriedly. Scamper alone and know, but be, be still. Be still and know that I am the Lord. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Underline that. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field how, and how they grow. A lily doesn't grow fast. So to watch a lily grow means you're going to spend many, 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 many hours sitting, watching. Watch how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God so, so cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What are we going to drink? I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. My, my children, a lot of times, on the way to church, they are asking, the what are we going to go eat after church? I'm like, let's just get to church and enjoy church. Don't worry about where we're going to eat after. I'm becoming more like Jesus all the time and didn't know it. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. What will we drink? What will we wear? These things, I love this, that's why I use the new living. These things dominate. When God created Adam, he created him to be a dominator. To give him dominion over the earth and the garden. To sustain it. To keep it. To keep guard over it. To watch over it. Listen to me. God knew that Satan was there. That's why Proverbs says, Guard your heart with all diligence. You got to guard it from hurry. You got to guard it from worry. You got to guard it from stress because from it flows the issues of what? Life. There is a way that seems right to man. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all. Somebody say all with me. He knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God. And I know we, we quote it, seek the kingdom first. But watch it. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Above what you're going to eat. Above what you're going to drink. Above where you're going to sleep. Above what you're going to wear. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you every, somebody say everything, that you need. That's why Paul could write to the flipping church and he said, I am persuaded that my God is able to supply all of your, watch it, he says need. All your need because when God does something, He does a complete work. And if He gives you food, He's going to give you water. And if He gives you water, He's going to give you a place. The man that had no place to lay his head, yet He provides for every one of us a place to lay our heads. The way Jesus lived looked much differently than the way we're living our lives today. 
And to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. Little Christ ones. That's where the word Christian comes from. Little Christ ones. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I'm going to have to skip some of my notes. You may want to write this next statement down. I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit spoke, I'm like, you're too good. I'm not this smart. Worriedness, and I looked it up because I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, now I make up words, but you don't need to be making up words. This is a word. Worriedness leads to hurried. Your worry is the fuel that is driving your hurriedness. Because you're anxious and worried about all these things, it is driving you with a whip to run faster, to do more, to try to achieve, to try to attain. When God is saying, what you, He said, if a man loses his life, he gains his life. Worriedness leads to hurriedness. The fact that we worry about all sorts of things is a major contributor to our hurriedness. We see more, we want more, we buy more, therefore we must work more and run more to keep up more. Oh, you got to write this one down too. It's not in bold, but it should have been. I'm sorry. Discontentment is like a fire or hell. It's never satisfied. Did you hear me? Jesus is preaching. Discontentment is like a fire. You can never feed a fire enough and hear it say, no more, I'm full. And you think when I get this, I'm going to be satisfied. But discontentment is never satisfied. Discontentment is fed by worry. I don't know if I'm going to have enough. It's the man that stored up and built bigger barns and filled it up. And Jesus said, and I know you say you ain't supposed to, but Jesus said it, and I believe it, and that makes it so. You fool! This night your soul will be required of you. And whose things will these become? I've got to build this kingdom. I've got to leave this massive legacy because I don't see it's, it's, it's ego after death. I want to be remembered. The only person I want to remember my name is Jesus. Well done, you fast moving, crazy for God. No, well done, you good, faithful. Faithful servant. Jesus is simply saying, don't worry about all these things. Timothy would write it, or Paul would write to a young pastor friend, Timothy who had set up verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain We can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these things, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men into destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the, remember, the faith. I have replaced my faith with my bank account. I do not not need God to be my provider. Now, when you do that, remember, you're missing out on the peace of God because your faith causes you to put your mind on God, and your mind on God brings the peace of God. My mind's more on my bank account 
if you check your bank account or your uh, whatever those retirement accounts or your uh, stocks, y'all see I don't have them. (laughs) My stock's in Jesus. My stock's in the kingdom. Now, again, I'm not preaching against that. Please don't, do not, please do not misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm saying if you spend more time thinking about, leaning on, trusting in, worrying about how am I going to make it if the economy crashes, I have no, nothing else to, I have nothing else to lean on. I have nothing else. That is a slap in the face of the God who says, I don't want to just be your God. I long to be your father, your provider, your protector, your way maker, your, come on, your everything you need is in God. You see the culture? If I can get them blind, you know, I'm not. They're not committing adultery. They're not uh, murdering. They're, Jesus said it's not the big foxes, but it's the wee little bitty foxes that are spoiling the vines. He, I, I, I can't remember. I think it might have been C.S. Lewis screw tape letters or whatever. Got t- so many books in my mind right now. I can't even. But he said, if we can just keep them busy. If we can just give them more to do than they can handle. They're not, going, they're not going to just outright landish sin in the face of God. But if we can keep them busy. If we can keep them burdened. Is that not what? Come on now, it's Bible. The Egyptians. Israel is growing. Israel is abounding the blessings of God. And the Bible said, Pharaoh said, we've got to afflict them more. And then they come to ask Pharaoh, just let us go out into the wilderness and worship our God. And he said, well, if you've got all this time, I'm not only going to give you the burden, but I'm not even going to provide the hay. You're going to still do the same amount of work, but I'm not even going to help you like I did before. It's always been the plan of Satan to keep the people of God beat down, running, scampering along, running hurried and worried and fretting and not trusting in the name of the Lord their God. No, lean on me. That's why many times it's say, do not go down to Egypt. Don't you go down there during this, this famine. I'm tired of my people always running to Egypt for their sustenance. I'm tired of you leaning on your bank account when you get it. Give me a shot. Give me a chance to come through. I will move for you and you can keep your bank account. Come on, somebody. That's the God we serve. But we're too worried to have time to pray. We're spending more time worrying than we are praying. We're spending more time hurried and scampering alone than just spending time in the presence. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. That's why we're so sick. The Bible said it in the New Testament. We're not rightly dividing the body of Christ. That's why so many are sick and weak among you and are even perishing. Have faith in God. But you, O man, verse 11, but let me read verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through, watch this, with many sorrows. They have brought upon themselves the curse. They have pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you... Oh, man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Remember I read to you Hebrews 12, 1, run with patience. I've got to get to these other notes real fast. Let me, let me do this. Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30, again in the New Living Translation. I love this. Come to me. Come to me. 
I just told my son the other day we, would, we had time to sit down and, and talk and have a father and young man conversation. He's grown up. He's a fine young man. About to be 19 years of age. And we sit down and we had, and I told him, I said, Noah, I want you to come to me. This is the plea of a loving father. This is not a mean God saying, come to me. No, he's pleading like Jesus over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. How often I long to gather you together as a hen. When does a hen gather her brood? When she sees the hawk or the eagle fly over and the shadow, she clucks, she runs, she sends an alarm. Run to me. Get under the shadow of my wings. David said in Psalms 91, I will dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Why? Because He's my Father. He loves me. Come to me. Come to me. You're in trouble. Come to me. You're hurting. Come to me. Somebody needs to let that sink in. Somebody, some of you right now, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You have, you have felt like you have been stiff-armed, but God is literally stretching out His arm, and He's pleading, Come, come, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me. Take my yoke upon me. Let me, let me, let me teach you. Let me teach you my way of life. Let me teach you how I do life. Let me teach. Oh, there's a way that seems right, but my way is the good way. Come to me, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you. His light. Listen to me. He says this after no one. He, he says no one really knows the Son but the Father. No one really knows the Father except the Son. He invites the listener like he's inviting us this morning. Come to me. Come, watch this, come away with me. Oh, does that? That's another interpretation. Doesn't that sound so much sweet? Not just come to me, but come away with me. See, the Bible says that we can seek are set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the last time I checked, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in the throne room. In other words, come away to, with me and let's go to heaven. And let's experience the glory of God. In the midst of your trials, in the midst of the peating, in the midst of when they stretched his arms out, bruised and beaten, bloody, unrecognizable. He experienced the overwhelming peace of God because in God's presence, there's fullness of joy. Come to me. Come, come away with me and I'll show you who the Father really is and I'll teach you my way of living. Don't chase after this stuff. Come, follow me and I'll show you a simpler yet more fulfilling Life, what an invitation. What an invitation into a journey of experiencing God in all His fullness. This is not going to be a sprint race. No, it's a journey. See, the Bible says if you walk in the Spirit, not run in the Spirit, but if you walk in the Spirit, Pastor Spencer, that message three times in Ephesians chapter 5. Walk in love. Walk in light. Walk circumspectly. If I were to ask you this morning to look at the life of Jesus and then look at your own, would you see a close resemblance or would you see something very noticeably and sizably different between your life and the way he lived his? I know for me, this hits real close to home. Everything I do is in a hurry. I never walk. You can ask my wife, I never walk. 
I jog, I run, I skip, I scurry, I stride alone. And if there's anything remotely that I do that even resembles walking, it's a fast walk. I'm constantly having to stop and Let me show you how I walk. Let me show you how I have experienced the Father. I've learned to sit down and watch the birds. I've learned to sit down and watch the lilies. I've learned to quieten that rage of worry in my soul and trust God for my food and trust God for my drink and trust God for my clothing and trust God for my bed. I've learned to quieten it. Jesus was never in a hurry. I listened to a book a little while back titled, you may want to write it down. I, I, I really, I, I'm going to promote the book. I don't know if I can promote the author. I don't know nothing about him. And I love what Pastor Gray, don't just read great books, read great authors. But in this, I'm telling you, your phones are intelligent people. And they hear you praying and they hear you talking to people. And all of a sudden this, this book comes up. Titled, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That title came out of a conversation between a man and his mentor. And he's asking, what do I need to do? I mean, he was a very successful pastor. And this mentor, over the phone, long distance, said, Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. The guy wrote it down. And he said, and then what? What's next? And there's a long pause. And he said, there is nothing else. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. See, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant. The word vigilant is a root word for vigilante. You're going to have to take it upon yourself to arm yourself to fight against the cares of this life. Ruthlessly eliminate. Everything within me cries out, screams out, and wants to argue just with the title. But then I got into the contents and I was overwhelmed. And I can't give you a lot of what he shared in the book But just one small, simple step this morning could be, I heard somebody say, I've decided I'm no longer going to speed anymore. One of the greatest things that he brought out that I feel like that Pastor Whalen's on a journey to search into more. And and again, I don't know how it's going to fit into our culture. But taking a true Sabbath. God created the heavens and the earth in six days and he could have created thousands and billions of more. I mean, he's God, but he said that is good enough. He could have had a 40-day week, a 20-day week. But he said six days is enough. And the Bible said he chose, he chose, he made a conscious decision. On the seventh day, I'm going to rest. God, the Holy Spirit, beyond my... I mean, look, the heaven... Yes, He's in heaven, but the heavens are in Him. He's he's more eternal than the heavens are. He's bigger. The heavens is His throne. The earth is His footstool. But I, I mean, He's so much vast. And the scientist is looking at all these galaxies upon God. And they're seeing stars being created and it's blowing their minds. And I'm like, that, that, that is, that's probably in God's, maybe, maybe his index fingerprint. All the universes and galaxies and heavens and whatever else is out there. That's how massive God is. But yet he made a conscious decision to rest on the seventh day. I love to argue. I could argue this. Watch this. Matter of fact, Hebrews 12, 1, I said, I read it. Let us run with patience. And I'm like, God, see, the Bible says run with 
And I'm like, see, I'm, I'm reading the Bible with my filters on. And if we're not careful, that's what we do. We got, sometimes we've got to take our filters off. We've got to let, let, lay the culture down and say, God, I want it to say to me what you need it to say to me, not what I'm needing it to say to me, or not fit in my little culture box. And I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and it took me a while, and I'm a slow learner sometimes when it comes to God. And he finally just has to ask me this question. He says, Waylon, have you ever seen patience run fast? Run with patience. Run alongside of patience. Now, you got to understand, patience is God. The fruit of the Spirit is, one of them is, come on, patience. Run with God. Run with Christ. Jesus always walked. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. So much more I'd love to share with you through the Gospels, the Gospel stories. But I asked this question as I was preparing and after I'm seeing all this overwhelming evidence of Jesus walking, I love the story where he's going to heal Jairus' daughter. And I mean, Jairus is a nerd. Come on, could you imagine somebody saying, hey, your daughter's about to die. And he runs pleading with Jesus and he's frantic. He's, 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 he's like, please hurry. Come, my daughter's about to die. And Jesus begins to walk with him. And in the middle of walking to heal Jairus' daughter before she dies, this little no-named woman for 12 years having an issue of blood compressing through the crowd. And I'll be honest, you can't run in a crowd. He's fully surrounded. He's walking. I guarantee you, Jairus is counting the seconds, the minutes. He's counting the steps. He's wondering how much longer. My girl, my baby girl's about to die. Please, 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 please move aside, move aside, move aside, move aside. And in the middle of this walking with Jesus, this woman, and touches, and Jesus stops. Now, if that was you and I, we're getting mad at the doctor for taking too long with patient A, B, and C because we're patient D. But he's spending time. He's getting to know what's really going on, what's really wrong with you. Oh, we want them to take time with us. We actually get mad when they come in and they just say, here, here you go, and you're out the door. Jerry's frantic. And he stops and he says, me. The Bible says he don't just stop, but he begins to look around. I don't know how long it took him, James, to look around to see that woman, but all the while, Jairus' heart is pounding. Let's run. Run. Come on, let's go. Jesus never let hurry be his master and dictate the man of God that he was going to be. His faith. See, he had peace while Jairus was a nerver. Why? Because his faith was in God. And he takes time and then he walks and he gets in the, you know the story, all of a sudden Jairus' daughter, she's dead. And Jairus' heart drops and he looks at him and he says, the same thing he said to you and me. Do not worry. Have faith in God. Father, I thank you that you genuinely care for us. God, you care enough for us to ask me to preach a message that is so uncomfortable. God, I long to walk as you walked. Father, I pray today, God, that as we think about this word, that we will be reminded of Genesis. 
just like I got, I'm like, well, where did Jesus get this lifestyle from? He got it from his father. The father walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. Noah walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Father, I pray against the spirit, the power, the domain of hurriedness. And I declare that the peace of God is going to rule and reign in our hearts through Christ Jesus today. God, I tear down the stronghold of worry and pressure and striving to attain. And God, I begin to lay a new foundation this morning. The foundation of trusting in God. The foundation of waiting upon God. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Watch this. They shall run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. I'm going to ask you this morning if you feel to come and you just want to respond to the Holy Spirit this morning. You're not responding to me. I just want to give you an opportunity to come and lay your burdens down. Come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Let me teach you. Come learn my ways of living, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And the burden that I will give you is light. We have what we call around here that change song. And I would encourage you to lay down your hurriedness, the worry, the stress of living, the stress of life, the stress of attaining. And you just swap it for Jesus' peace for his faith in the Father, for his unwavering ability in the overwhelming circumstances to have peace when everybody else's hearts are overwhelmed. Father, I pray for every heart. Come on, I need some spirit-filled believers praying with me. Listen, this is a warfare that we're in. This is a struggle. This is not just some message to take up some time. This is a literal war that the church, the house, the people of God are under and Satan is trying to get us to go back to Egyptian bondage to trust in things of this world when we are of a kingdom not of this world. The enemy is trying to get us to place our faith in something else but God says put your place in no other but me. Father, I declare that this year will be the year of fulfillment. That dreams and hopes and desires and passions will be fulfilled. The Father, we're not going to strive within our own power or in our own might to accomplish. But we're going to work hand in hand with the, with the God, the Creator. And we're going to advance the kingdom of God by being passionate for God and compassionate toward man. God, we're not going to do it in our own might or in our own abilities. God, we're going to give ourselves wholly unto it, but we're going to give it in prayer and in fasting and in faith and in trusting you. God, I thank you that you give me hope in these verses that you've not called me to put out every fire that you've not called me to meet every need just to meet the needs that I can meet. 
and to trust you that someone else will meet the needs that I can't. Father, I declare rest over the people of God. I declare peace over their minds. In the mighty name of Jesus. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we could tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God Himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.